Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message from Steve Backland. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you, worship team. Anybody else? Uh, just say wow about that worship. My, oh my, this, this place is spiritually flammable. Love it. I was, I was in Mexico City last weekend, and I mean, I thought Hispanics knew how to dance. Until I get here, wow, you guys. You guys are good. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Fire Church. Um, just, uh, I'm doing a quick trip. I've been at Echo Church. Just had some great meetings there. God's doing some powerful things, and so... To come to a Sunday night meeting at Fire Church got me fired up. I've got um, Scott who's with me. He's going to come up in a, a little while. He's going to help me. We're going to release a word over you. Um, how many of you have never heard me speak? Just uh, most of you. All right. This is good. This is good. Uh, I'm on staff at Bethel Church. I met Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church in 1991 pastoring near Las Vegas, Nevada, in the desert, uh, a rural church, and I made a decision above my ability to make such a great decision by inviting a guy named Bill Johnson to be my guest speaker. This is before anybody knows who Bill Johnson is. By the way, that's a testimony. You're going you're to make decisions above your ability to make such great decisions. And so that built a relationship. He came out every year for 10 years and uh, got grafted into the family and so I'm on staff. I work in a department called Global Legacy, which is the part of Bethel Church that leaders, especially church leaders, that say we want more of what's at Bethel in our, our ministries, our lives. They can access through Global Legacy. We've got online curriculum, Kingdom Culture course, which is a real powerful uh, four-month course on 13 cultures that really make uh, Bethel tick. And I travel about half the year and. Uh, my wife and I have a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, and, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. That's our assignment. And because there's no hopeless circumstances, there's only people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope's an unstoppable force. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and we have the power to help make it so. If something's going to change, somebody is getting hope. And I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. Our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope is the most influence. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Ha <laughs> ha. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here. And we're reading what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. And they're saying you shouldn't have such high beliefs. 
They're, they're, they're saying you should just go back to the fields with the sheep and make it your goal in life just to be able to pay your bills every month. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Because <laughs> what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. Ha ha. Hey, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you must not know how, how dry they really are. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a deeper study on the bone's dryness. So you become more realistic. They're suggesting you do some spiritual mapping on their dryness. Ha ha. Because what the experts are saying is when you speak to the bones, nothing's going to happen. Let's laugh at that too. Ha ha ha. God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural. I'm with supernatural people tonight, man. I'm, I'm with radicals. I was looking around here tonight. I said, man, these are some of the Christians my mom warned me about. <laughs> I mean, whoo. I mean, there's, there's some wild-eyed ones here. So we're going to minister. We're going to go after joy, joy tonight. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to lay a foundation. I'm just going to share my story with you a little bit. And then I just sense tonight uh, that... God is going to just release his joy. It's already been released, man. I tell you, this has been, whew, if it gets released anymore, I'm not sure I'll be able to function. <laughs> but before we do, um, Scott, why don't you come up? Everybody say hi, Scott. <laughs> Scott is a third-year student, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. He's serving me this year, he and his wife. And four children moved from a place called Modesto, California, four hours south of Reading, uh, to be a part of the school. This is his third year, serving me really well. And he and I, we're going we're to do something. We're going to give a word to Fire Church. And we're going to take the word, uh, the letters of fire. Someone just say fire. fire. We're going to take the letters of fire and give you a word that's connected to each of those letters. Just what we're hearing. We've been praying over you. And by the way, I like this place. Man, yeah, you, I know Scott did. I, mean, I, was, I was concerned Scott was sitting next to me and was concerned he'd be able to make it up here. I'm proud of you, Scott, that you did. <laughs> so here we go. The F, here's what I heard over you. And this, this will sound a little interesting. You are a fishing church. A fishing church. Now, you know, Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. There's a fresh evangelism anointing that's on this house, making people fishers of men. And there's a whole new, um, there's a whole new level of that. Am I on? Yep. yep. But I also was thinking of the story in John 21 where the disciples were fishing all night. Say all night. All night. And, and, and Jesus said, Jesus said this. He said, put your net on the other side. And, which sounded ridiculous, and they got such a they, they got such a harvest about the boat about sank, and and I'm just hearing that 
you, this place has an anointing for people who have been laboring and trying and striving and working and, you know, all night. And, and that there's a key that you give people in different areas of life to just do a little adjustment. Just say little adjustment. Little adjustment that actually creates a tremendous result. That's the anointing that's on this house. It's increasing. It's increasing. All right, I'm anxious to hear about the eye. Man, this is a bunch of radicals on a Sunday night. I mean, I'm excited to come into a place like this. Oh, man, that song, that last song. Mm, that, was, that was amazing. Yeah, so you know what I'm hearing about this house? Uh, I'm hearing that this, this is an intentional house. And, I, you know, not just your average level of intentionality. I, I'm, I'm seeing radical intentionality like John chapter 4 intentionality where, you know, Jesus was just, I mean, they were going back to Galilee, but, but he said, I have to go through Samaria. I have to go. And we know he met the woman at the well. And, and uh, you know, I think the disciples were going, man, what is going on with Jesus? But he was being intentional. And this woman gets radically impacted by the kingdom, goes back, tells everybody that she knows, and it says that many believe because of her testimony. And I see your intentionality going out into the streets, radically impacting people that have not been impacted by the church, would never step foot in here, radically impacted them, and they're telling everybody they know, and many are coming to Christ because of your intentionality. Man. Someone just say fire. So the R, Scott, get ready for this one. I mean, here we go. The R. This fire church is a relational healing church. A re, you, have, you have an anointing that heals relationships, family relationships, um, ministry uh, relationships, relationships with God. And I just was, uh, I was thinking about just the, the, the power of in, in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus told the disciples, wait, stay here. How many of you know the disciples had a few issues with each other? Ha, 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 they chose Jesus, but they hadn't chosen each other. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. They're trying to work it all out. I don't like this other guy Jesus chose. Ha ha. And, and, and for ten, they were in for 10 days, they, they were together, and they, they got relational healing. And the day of Pentecost happened, they were in one accord. And this is a place that creates one accordness. This is a place that takes unlikely people to actually like each other. Ha ha. And, and it's an incredible thing. It's being exported. You like that one? You know, there's so many things you could say about the E in fire church. I mean, someone might say, Scott, you're being a little double-minded on this on this decision, and then I, I came into worship, and it settled it for me. <laughs> this is an exuberant 
church. Exuberant. You know, uh, we already heard a little bit about David's worship earlier. And, uh, but I, I, I think it does. I think you take worship to another level. And I just see a more undignified than this anointing on your worship. Because you're us, you're, 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 the presence is following you. As you're, as you're coming back into town, as you're going out into marketplaces, as you're doing things, the presence of God is following you. And I just see tremendous exuberance on your worship, tremendous exuberance out in the town square. And people are going, what is going on? And I just have to say, like, I, I think you can snatch people out of party lifestyles and bring them into this house. And they go, man, we haven't seen life like this. So I just bless the spirit of exuberance on your worship in this house. And I bless the more undignified anointing. <laughs> well, thank you. Give it up for Scott. Wow. Someone just say fire. Say freedom, freedom. Breakthrough. breakthrough, no limits. All right, so let me just give you a quick uh, history of me, and then we're we're just gonna we're just gonna go after joy tonight. Anybody here too joyful? Got saved North Coast of California, uh, 19 years old. I was a hippie. I had hair. And with my hippie girlfriend, Wendy, we were seeking, and we found out we met Jesus. Someone say yay. yay. We found out there's no high like the most high. <laughs> we get married a couple years later, and we were in the, the same church there. I was on staff of that church for many years on the north coast of California, and we lived in Romans 12.1 which, you know, tells us to give our bodies living sacrifice to the Lord. It was, a, it, was a, it was a season of surrender, learning to do things God's way and, and giving God our heart, our will, everything, which is so important to even what we're going to share tonight. And then I'm, I'm, he moved us out to the desert to pastor. How many of you know God likes to send people to deserts to teach them how to repent? <laughs> and one of the best definitions of repentance has changed the way you think. And he says, we basically heard this, Stephen, Wendy, I love your heart for Romans 12.1, but if you're going to see transformation, I have to move you into Romans 12.2. Because transformation, Romans 12.2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. So transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart, it comes from surrendering your beliefs. And we grew up in a culture where we thought the lack of breakthrough is because we haven't given God our heart enough. And, you know, my wife, she's under that mindset, and she's crying out to the Lord in prayer, God, I give you my heart, I give you my heart. I guess I can't give you my heart. Just take my heart. <laughs> and, and the Lord says, I have your heart, now I need your mind. We found this, that surrendering our, our beliefs on many levels is more challenging than surrendering our heart. The Lord says, Wendy, can you surrender the beliefs that you're shy, inadequate, and can't speak well in front of others? Can you surrender those beliefs? She says, but Lord, that's, that's who I am. And she hears this, that's not who you are, this is who you've become. It's not who you are. You've become that because you've, you've, 
you'd renew your mind with your past experience and your feelings rather than what I'm saying. And she's really, right now, she, she surrendered that. She's one of the best speakers I know right now. She's had so much breakthrough uh, that, that she astounds me. She's writ, written a couple books, Victorious Emotions. It's a powerful book, Creating a Framework for a Happier You. This is a book of breakthrough. Emma's on my team. Why don't you just find somebody out there, and Jim, just go out and give them that book and give them a word. And uh, she wrote another book called Living from the Unseen. And we're more spirit. We, we are a spirit that has a body. And this is a book about how accessing, you know, connecting your spirit with Holy Spirit. And it's just a, a powerful journey of, of her in that, in that area. So, Scott, just find somebody. Give Wendy's material. You can connect with us at ignitinghope.com and... Wendy's starting November 1st, a 28-day feasting on the spirit uh, journey, which is an online event, 28 days. You get emails and all that. So if that rings a bell, ignitinghope.com. So you know, surrendering beliefs. The Lord said, Steve, can you surrender the belief that you are less than other leaders? Well, I feel that way. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, yeah, ha, ha, ha. It may feel true, but it's not true. Showed us John 8, 32. It says, the truth will make you free. Every area of our life we believe truth in, we get free. Every area of our life where we believe lies, we're not free. We live in restriction and limitation. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. I'm not a devil-focused Christian. I'm a belief-focused Christian. I don't want to be ignorant or foolish about the devil, but I don't think about the devil much, but I think about what I believe all the time. Because if I can get, if I believe truth, I get free, and if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's bugging me very much. <laughs> Just a thought. Even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you've got to believe something to get those pieces on. So the question is, how do we know if we're believing a lie? Because really the battle is between lies and truth. How do we know if we're believing a lie? Because the nature of deception is, is that we don't know we're deceived. Once we know we're deceived, we're no longer deceived. <laughs> it's taught in deception class 101. So I got an indicator. I was reading a book by Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. One of the battlegrounds is the mind. And he, he made a statement that changed my life that actually launched our whole ministry, Igniting Hope Ministries. He said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. That area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that, I become instantly discouraged. Man, it's a lot easier to blame the devil. Because I was trying to find one area where I got hope in my life, and I couldn't find one. Financial hope, personal hope, ministry hope, family hope. Then I prayed a dumb prayer. 
Oh, God, would you please show me every lie that I'm believing? That was dumb. Should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Because I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. I had great doctrine, but bad beliefs. I had good doctrine. I mean, I've had a few upgrades since I met Bill Johnson and others, you know, but, but the basics were great. Jesus is God. I mean, if you don't get that right, you have a problem. <laughs> the authority of Scripture. It's final word in every area of life. Salvation by grace through faith alone. Nobody can be good enough to get into heaven. We, we believe in the finished work of the cross. I had good doctrine, but I had bad beliefs. I had bad beliefs about God, bad beliefs about me, bad beliefs about people in my life, bad beliefs about my future, about my nation. And, and I got the indicator that every area where I didn't have great hope was under the influence of a lie. And it changed everything. And, and Romans 15, 13 supports that. It says, now, say now. now. When's now? Right now. Mm-hmm. It's a good group here. <laughs> now may the God of hope fill you. Whew. By the way, the God of hope is filling people tonight, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna keep it up. And, and people in this room are going to get filled by the God of hope uh, in an incredible way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to increase your influence. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, Hope has two buddies who always hang out with him. One's all joy, the other's peace. All joy, he stirs things up. He, he makes us childlike. It's the delighting in the Lord. He gives us the desires of his heart. Peace is basically, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just say, I'm going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. But, I mean, that's the foundation. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, in believing. believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You get so much hope, you become a hope abounder. You get the Tigger anointing. You used to have the Eeyore anointing. Nobody wants Pastor Eeyore. Yep, things are only going to get worse. Ha ha. Yep, don't get your hopes up. Just protect yourself from being disappointed. Make that your highest goal in life, to never be disappointed. Just keep watching the news. Mm -mm. If you boil Romans 15, 13 down to its essence, it's this. Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment I start believing truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. Increasing hope is the evidence of renewing my mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope in my life is the evidence of renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. So my hope level becomes the indicator of whether I'm believing lies or truth. This is what we're hearing. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. There's no condemnation if we're believing lies. 
But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. <laughs> and I, I could talk a lot about that, and our, our book table is full of that, and you know, just the the power of hope and beliefs and everything I write comes back to that to some point. But it's this joy thing. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. <laughs> all. Whew. Now, I wanted hope, but I didn't want all joy. Because I was a leader. I'm dignified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, you may be excited now. But one day you'll become mature like me. No, thank you. And so I was getting some breakthrough and hope, but I was resistant of joy. Because when you, when you give yourself to joy, you have to break off the religious spirit. Ha-ha. <laughs> and so, you know, during that time, there was a phenomenon that broke out. Well, it probably broke out before, but it really broke out in the early 90s called holy laughter. There'd be a meeting like this. Someone who was not planning on laughing would start laughing. They would try to stop laughing and could not. <laughs> Sometimes whole sections of people not planning on laughing would start laughing, try to stop laughing, and could not. Ushers did not know what to do. Sometimes preachers would come to the pulpit fully planning on preaching. <laughs> and they'd open their mouth, and all that would come out would be laughter. I observed that, and I was troubled and uncomfortable. I say, God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. So I'm going to look in the Bible and actually see if joy is in there, because I don't think it's in there that much. Ha <laughs> ha. And I find out it's in there all over. Wow. I mean, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. <laughs> I think I'll say that again. I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I told the Lord, yeah, I'll be joyful when all my problems are over. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he said, you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need joy in the middle of the battle. It's your strength. You got to stir it up now. I found this. There's no convenient season to walk in joy. Ha, <laughs> ha. Pretty much for everybody tonight, tonight's just not a good night to walk in radical joy. <laughs> joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. <laughs> Proverbs 17.22 says, a merry heart is good like medicine. Dr. God says, Steve, I have a prescription for you. I want you to laugh heartily three times a day. Yep, let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Science has caught up with the Bible again and proven the health benefits of laughter. 
I mean, just do an online search of laughter and health. <laughs> and you're going to find some good things. <laughs> you know, you know what the experts are saying? <laughs> the experts are saying Steve is not going to be able to finish this message. <laughs> but we we don't listen to the experts. <laughs> Studies have shown that Laughter builds up your immune system to fight off disease. Laughter releases cells in your body that fight off cancer. Laughter releases endorphins in your body, which is the natural painkiller. Laughter is one of the main things to be emotionally and physically healthy. It says in Psalm 1611, <laughs> it says, what's it say? It is present as halfness of joy. Is that what yours says? Oh, fullness. Oh, in his, in his presence is fullness of joy. We may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in his presence, but if we're never outrageously joyful in his presence, we may not be as much in his presence as we thought we were. Let's just laugh at that. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. <laughs> says in Psalm 100, what's it say? Serve the Lord with grumbling. No, it says serve the Lord with gladness. I believe when we let go of gladness in a ministry assignment, we've hit the lid of our ministry influence. I'm not talking about a bad day or a bad week. I'm just talking about chronically being non-glad. And we all have a reason why we shouldn't be glad in our current assignment. <laughs> we all got stuff we don't like that causes us to withhold ourselves. But I'll tell you this. You know what I'm hearing over you tonight? <laughs> I'm hearing this, that in your assignment, the assignments God's given you, he's bringing breakthrough of gladness. If you got things you don't like in your assignments, well, join the club. <laughs> it says in Psalm 2-4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Now, how many of you here want to become more like God? Thank you for those hands. I'm setting you up. <laughs> the question is, what's God laughing at in heaven in Psalm 2-4? Some say he's laughing at us. Ha-ha. Uh -huh. May be true, but it's not the context. <laughs> the context is he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. God laughs in heaven. <clears throat> Someone says, a heavenly father, we put together a little booklet of the latest things the devil's saying and planning. Could you please look through it? 
<laughs> Just for illustrative purposes, I'll be the Heavenly Father here. <laughs> hey, Holy, Holy Spirit, look at this. So I got an idea. By the way, Lord, <laughs> he's releasing ideas. <laughs> if God's laughing at what his enemies are saying and the devil's my enemy, then I'm going to do an experiment. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to do an experiment and laugh at the lies he wants me to believe. And I found out it's a powerful weapon to disempower the lies. Because the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional principalities or belief systems in the minds of Christians. And laughter is a weapon to start to disempower the lies that we believe. Because to laugh, we have to let go of something. And laughter is one of the ways to start letting go of those lies. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you some of the devil's all-time favorite lies. And after I share each one, I'd just like you to just laugh. Why don't you just warm up your laughers right now? <laughs> some of them I'm concerned are going to overheat. <laughs> some of the lies you're going to laugh at are going to be really easy. Ha, ha, hoo, Others of them are going to be deeper lies, and you might laugh like this. Because <laughs> you're actually getting delivered from something. It's actually a fun deliverance, though. You don't even know you're getting delivered because the laughter is your anesthesia. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, let's just start with just some of his all-time favorite basic lies. Let's just give hearty laughters on, on this. Here's one of his favorites. Let's laugh at this. You are a failure. <laughs> Here's a good one. God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> How about this one? There's no hope for American politics. <laughs> you should not trust the perspective of any Christian who laughs a lot. Ha <laughs> ha. Because obviously they're not understanding things. Ha ha. Ha. How about this one? Miracles are easy in Africa and the Philippines, but they're difficult in Australia. <laughs> Here's a lie I can't, I, I believe, for about a decade, and every once in a while it wants to creep back in. Here's a, it's this. There is something uniquely wrong with you. 
God is not going to provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> and then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. <laughs> All right, all right, let's get it together. <laughs> now, Hebrews 1.9, Hebrews 1.9 says, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Jesus was the most glad being on the planet. A glad Jesus messes up a lot of people's theology. My image of Jesus used to be illustrated by this bumper sticker. Jesus is coming back, and boy, is he mad. <laughs> I mean, he had an oil of He had an oil. Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of joy. I remember in that season, the Lord basically said, Steve, I want you to pull out your oil of gladness dipstick and take a look at it. So I pull it out, and there's no oil on it. Steve, we have problem. What happens to a car that runs out of oil? Burns out, seizes up. What happens to a leader, an influencer, who runs out of the oil of gladness? We thank you, Lord, for... The oil of gladness. This meeting is a spiritual oil change. This meeting is topping off your oil of gladness. Woo! Someone just say fire. Freedom. Breakthrough. No limits. He showed me uh, Luke 2.10. 2, <laughs> The angel's going to announce to the shepherds the purpose of baby Jesus. How many think that was an important announcement? How many think they, the angel didn't come to that setting and just, well, I'm not sure what to say here. <laughs> just, I'll just throw out anything, you know. No, I believe that was pre-planned. I mean, it's very interesting. I, I, work with me here. I, I believe they probably had committee meetings in heaven. Before that, they say, hey, what should, let, let's decide what we're going to have the angel tell the shepherds about this baby. I can see in a meeting one angel saying, I've got a suggestion of what should be said. Uh, yes, brother angel, what's your suggestion? He says, I think he should say, behold, this baby's going to grow up 
build a church and you better tithe. <laughs> that, that was vetoed. <laughs> uh, another one's, I got a suggestion. Uh, yes, what's your suggestion? I think the angel should say, behold, this baby's going to grow up and tell you to read the Bible. <laughs> now, you know, of all the topics in Christianity, I mean, there's hundreds of topics. Prayer, discipleship, healing, miracles, love, peace, family, prophetic, evangelism. Of all the topics, listen to what the angel said. He said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. Woo! Wow! Of all the topics, that was the one. Not a trickle of joy, great joy. Not just for those who have the right personality. Ha ha. Let's laugh at this lie. You don't have the right personality to be joyful. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. That's a funny one. No, for all the all the people. Great joy. I've got a dog at home. He's a black lab. His name is Duncan. And he's one of my joy mentors. When I grow up, I want to be like Duncan. When I come home, he doesn't walk up to me slowly. Look up at me and say, I'm joyful on the inside. No, he's got joy unbarkable and full of glory. <laughs> I mean, he's so excited. He's wagging his tail so hard, I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. He's one of my joy mentors. But the verse that really gets me is, is uh, Romans 14, 17. It says, the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So joy is one-third of the kingdom. Someone just go, hmm, 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 hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be passive about joy. What would you think of this? Well, if God wants me to have righteousness, he knows where I live. Yep, if he wants me to walk in righteousness, yeah, he'll just have to come and visit me and give me righteousness. Because I don't have the right personality for righteousness. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> One-third of the kingdom. Amazing. But I could probably count on one hand the first 15 years or so of my Christian life how many messages I heard just on joy. Wow. It's one-third of the kingdom, but we don't seem to be preaching on it very much. 
And I asked the Lord, why? Well, he said, basically, because under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful. Because if you are joyful, it means you're not getting it. Because if you really got it, you'd understand God has just about had enough of you. He's about had enough of you. He's so frustrated and disappointed with you, he's about ready to implode. <laughs> you, you prayed one hour, you should have prayed two. You fasted for three days, but you ate a marshmallow on day two. <clears throat> And now God is angry. <laughs> that marshmallow looks so good. I don't even like marshmallows. Look good that day. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. But families celebrate and become joyful with progress. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection, but families celebrate and become joyful with progress. I've got seven grandchildren. Our, I think it was our oldest was learning to walk, Caden, my Caden's mom, our daughter Heidi, would send us texts saying, Caden took a step. He took a step. I'd look at that. I become joyful. Woo, yeah! My grandson, he took a step. He, <laughs> Heidi never texted us, Caden fell down again. Caden fell down 52 times today. He's such a disappointment to us. We're withholding our approval until he walks perfectly. Because we don't want him to feel good about himself while he's still falling down. He's such a disappointment to our church, I mean our family. You know, if, if parents were like many Christian leaders and their toddler's trying to walk and keeps falling down, here's, here's what the parent will say to the toddler. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, it wouldn't be so hard. You wouldn't be struggling so much. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. (laughs) 
Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? I think I'll say that again. I like that line. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? It's clear that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty, he has predestined you with the gift of crawling. Be content in the state you're in. Don't try for anything more. If God wants you to be a walker, he'll just zap you, poof, and you'll just start walking, poof. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's how I thought for so many years. It's hard I don't have the gift. Let's laugh at that. Uh Because if I had the gift, it'd be easy. Let's laugh at a few lies. If you tried to speak in front of others, <laughs> and someone, someone jumped the gun. <laughs> if you tried to speak in front of others, and it was difficult for you, and you struggled, it means you did not have the gift of speaking. Because <laughs> uh-huh. if you had the gift of speaking, it'd be easy. Something, I think what was over here is now spread over there. This section, they just laughed themselves out of of commission. Lab themselves into a trance or something over there. I mean, they're, they're just, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're gone. <laughs> Let's laugh at this. If you tried to lead something and it did not go well and it was a struggle for you, it means you do not have the gift of leadership. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> if you try to walk in joy and hope, but you keep falling down into discouragement and depression, it means you do not have the ability or gift of joy and hope. Ha 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 ha. Because if you had the gift, it'd be easy. Ha ha. Ha You wouldn't struggle at all. Ha ha. I'll tell you, I mean, you get this joy thing. You know, you start celebrating progress and not perfection. You start getting some, you start getting some energy. You start getting some strength. Yeah. Woo! You get strength in the middle of a battle. Let's laugh at this. Um, until you do things perfectly, you should withhold approval for yourself. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't want to feel good about yourself until you're perfect in all behaviors. Ha ha. 
Uh-huh. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say, I think this message is just for you. The spirit of perfectionism, which is married to the religious spirit, is getting broken tonight in great ways. In great ways. Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. I used to think I, I, I used to have a good year because I didn't fail at anything. The Lord says, yeah, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> Winston Churchill said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. I think the wave just came back over here. They came out of the trance. <laughs> and now I just <laughs> they got reactivated. <laughs> I remember one of the books that, you know, when I was trying to learn how to walk as an author. I remember one of the books we wrote, um, there was a major typo in it. We misspelled the word forward. Yep, let's not laugh at that. Oh. Big font. We didn't see it. Buy a bunch of books. Someone comes up. Did you notice this? No. I'm so sorry. They said. Well, yeah, I, got, I didn't feel good about it. But, but ultimately, I thought, hey, at least I'm trying to walk as an author. At least, I'm try, at least I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk, but I keep falling down, you know, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to walk as an author. I'm going to learn how to walk, and I'm not going to let failure define me. And I heard tonight that people who have been burying their talents are coming out, and they're going to stop burying their talents. <laughs> Whoo! It doesn't have to be perfect. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. All right, here's how we're going to close. You guys good tonight? Oh, my. I mean, this. I, you know, if, if joy is one-third of the kingdom, then I think one-third of us should believe that one of our primary assignments is to advance the kingdom through joy. Does that sound logical? I mean, it's, it's one of my assignments. It's not my only assignment, but one of my assignments is to, is to go after joy, is to release joy, to talk about joy, to create structures for people to encounter joy. And here... You know, I, I, prob I think at least one-third, probably there's going to be more than one-third here because you're going to have to make up for some other places. <laughs> By the way, before I, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to commission joy arsonists tonight. 
going to release an impartation over you tonight. Uh, this is a book I wrote. It's called Let's Just Laugh at That. Most of the books I wrote are just for people who do not like to read. This is a devotional. You can open it up at any page. This is a nuclear spiritual bomb to lies. I mean, like, let's just laugh at, there's some lies here. Let's laugh at a few of these. Um, because you did not have a high-paying job, you are a failure. <laughs> How about this one? You cannot change. <laughs> Good things won't last. <laughs> Emma, why don't you find someone? <laughs> just be careful when you give that book. Yeah, just, yeah. And then here's a book called Declarations, Unlocking Your Future, 30 Biblical Reasons for Making Declarations. You can't change your life without changing how you talk. Laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon. Declarations is a powerful spiritual weapon. And, uh, you know, the, the worlds were created with a declaration, let there be light. Jesus started his ministry with a declaration in Luke 4. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. I answer six objections to declarations. Aren't declarations a, a repackaging of the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it heresy? Answer that one. Uh, I, I answer, uh, aren't declarations an attempt to override the sovereignty of God in our life? Answer that. Aren't people who make declarations uh, prone to be in denial about things they need to do besides just making a declaration? <laughs> Answer that one. Um, I, I tried it and felt fake. I answered that one. I tried it and it did not work. <laughs> I answered that one. This book, I got another book out there on the power of words uh, called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. Scott, all right, if, uh, if you believe that one of your primary assignments in the kingdom is to advance it through joy, just stand up right now and stay standing. It's not going to be everybody. If it's not you, it's no problem. But I just I want to I wanna acknowledge those. Wow, that's a, that's a good percentage here. <laughs> You're kind of nervous about this church with so many. <laughs> Woo. My, oh, my. All right. That's probably about two-thirds. Now, now, if you're sitting down, just tell the people standing, we need you. Turn to someone else standing and say, you're needed. All right. Here's what I want to do. If you're standing, just put your hands out in front of you like receive mode. And <laughs> now, Paul, Paul, he said in Romans 1.11, <laughs> he said, I long to be with you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift. He said, there's something I can do in person that I can't do in a letter. I long to be with, I long to be with Fire Church. 
so I can impart a spiritual gift that you may be established. And even tonight, I'm just going after this, this joy and just, just, I'm just going to release an impartation. Yeah, I just say thank you, Father, for just those who are standing who believe that this is one of their primary assignments. Thank you, Lord, just for uh, just sealing that, uh, that identity in them and that, that assignment. And, Father, thank you for strategies. Thank you for an anointing of the oil of gladness on them. Thank you for meetings that they're going to be doing where the joy of the Lord is going to hit people. Thank you, Lord, that, that you're going to use them to just deliver people out of depression and discouragement out of suicidal tendencies. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord, for a whole new joy, uh, just awakening revival in, in Australia and beyond that's going to be launched out of the people who are here. So as a sign that you receive this impartation, on a count of three, I want you to release a faith laugh. One, two, three. Ha 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 Someone just say fire. fire. Say freedom. freedom. Breakthrough. No limits. If you receive the message, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to affect the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Give him Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.